It's the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you so much for tuning back into another episode of the show. I have a fantastic episode lined up for you today. I am chatting with Lynn Ward from Transport Compliance NI. And Lynn is going to be talking all about her business journey and also the services that she provides to businesses and organizations in the transport and logistics sector. And she's also going to be sharing some really fantastic tips towards the end of the podcast. So you're going to want to stick around and tune in for those um, as well. Now, if you're listening to this podcast today on iTunes, Spotify, or indeed any of the other podcasting platforms, it will be fantastic if you can rate and review the podcast. Ratings and reviews are really important, guys, and they do help other people find out about the show. So all you got to do is hit the rate button, leave a comment, leave some feedback. That would be fantastic. And it'll really help me extend the reach of the podcast because we do put a lot of effort into producing these podcasts on a regular basis. And it's good to get them out to as many people as possible. So if you are enjoying today's episode, please do share it through your social media network. I also want to let you know that I've been working very busily behind the scenes, updating the Zero Lives Left podcasting website. And in order to find that, you just need to stop by Zero Lives Left podcast.com. And I've updated the website with all of the previous issues of the podcast. So you can listen in over there as well. And if you want to find out a little bit more about the guests that I've had on the show previously, you can check out that information as well. And it's also a good way to reach out and maybe connect with a particular guest that resonated with you. And I'm a big, big champion for connecting with people, particularly if you're liking what they're talking about, if there's some synergies potentially there between what it is you do, why not make that connection? Why not go across onto LinkedIn, send that connection request, say, hey, I heard you recently on the Zero Lives Left podcast. I thought it would be fantastic if we could connect here on LinkedIn. Uh, why not? You never know where that connection could take you and could take your business. But we're not here to talk all about that today. We are here to hear from Lynn Ward from Transport Compliance NI. So let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 63 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Now, you are not going to believe this, but this is my first in-person podcast since COVID-19. Previously, I used to be out up and down the country, visiting people in their businesses, in their places of work to have conversations about what makes their business tick. And I'm delighted this morning to be back out in an actual business as opposed to doing a, a virtual 
Zoom podcast interview or indeed one of the live streams. So it's really nice to be sitting across the table in the real world from my guest today. But my guest today is going to make her own introduction. She is not going to require my help for that. There'll be a little bit of what I'm going to talk about as you've already listened to at the start of the podcast, but I'm delighted to be joined by Lynn this morning. And I want to get into the nuts and bolts of business with Lynn this morning. But before we get into what makes her business tick, Lynn, can you give the listeners a little bit of a background on your business journey to date? Thanks, Wayne. Um, so my business, Transport Compliance NI, at the moment is still quite early on in its journey. We are currently trading in our second year and our journey has been very much prompted by a lifetime in the transport logistics centre. Being born, I suppose, within the transport industry, people say, how did you get into transport? And I always say, I didn't choose transport. Transport chose me. And I have had a lifetime of experience within transport and logistics. And as a family business, I grew up. And from the age of 18, my dad flung me in at the deep end and says, off you go. I need one of those haulage licenses. Will you go away there and do your operator license uh, qualifications as a transport manager? So off 18-year-old Lynn went and done her transport manager exams. And as I say, the rest is history. Now, you mentioned something a couple of moments ago about transport chose you. Is, is that how it happened? It definitely is. People say, would often say, you look very young to be nearly 20 years in the industry. And I said, if I added on all the other years from I came out of the womb, it would be considerably more. And it's been a, a family business. As I said, we are now, my, my middle child, actually my middle son, has my genetics and is counting down the days until he can get on in behind the wheel of a truck and be the third generation in our family to pick up the reins behind the logistics and transport industry. And um, yeah, so from a very early age, I have childhood memories of being in the truck with my dad, very early memories of being in the yard when vehicles were being loaded and very fond memories of taking trips on Sundays when dad had to do an odd delivery and we'd end up in places where we would get nice chocolate that at that time we would only be able to get when you went south of the border. And very fond memories of, of transport being a very present part of our life. Now, transport is so critical to everything we do. It's how our food arrives in our supermarkets. Logistics is a huge aspect of all businesses, no matter how small or large. No doubt you've seen this space develop and change over the, the number of years that you've been involved in it. What are some of the notable changes that you've seen? I think the big change for everybody in most recent times is probably the change with Brexit and the, the sea border and the Northern Ireland Protocol. So those are the very very recent changes. But if you look back even over the last 10 years, what we would have done in an office by paper and would have had a team of people doing, we have now changed in a very much modern digital world and vehicles can be monitored from anywhere. And if you have a base here in Uri, which we do currently at this at our centre here, we, have, um, we monitor fleets of vehicles that travel throughout the world and those vehicles are in touch with our computer systems on a daily basis. You have tracking devices, you have remote downloaders, you have access to, uh, to apps and you have access to drivers 24-7. We have created an infrastructure around digital and 
cooperation within the transport industry, which has changed things dramatically and it can it continues to develop as well. So it's going to continue to change. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the technology developments as well later on in the episode, because a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is, you know, ways that businesses are embracing new technologies, new ways of doing things. And I think that presents a huge opportunity, but also a challenge Um, I suppose, in many more traditional sectors, which I suppose transport and logistics and haulage might fall into. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't sort of maybe think of those particular industries as being very tech focused, but I suppose they've moved really into that space. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But can you give us a little bit of a flavour about the nuts and bolts of what you do on a day to day basis, how you help businesses and organisations particularly in the transport and logistics sector. So we have um, developed a system here within Transport Compliance and I and our main primary goal is to help companies to stay compliant. Compliance is a, it's a huge part of running a haulage business. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's norm and not everybody knows exactly what they're meant to do. So a lot of companies struggle to remain compliant, not by the, the fact that they don't want to. A lot of the time it's because they don't know how to. So we have two parts to our business. One is the training where we will educate and train and we'll help businesses to gain that knowledge and understand and we'll train and upskill their staff in order to support their business that way or in some of the companies where they don't have the assets in order to give dedicated team members we'll come on board as an external part of their team and we will actually do all of that work for them we will carry out all their compliance tasks we'll do all of their filing we'll make sure the company has all of its ducks in a row all of the time and we'll give them obviously weekly or monthly updates on where they are and through our services we have found customers have really progressed through their journey of becoming compliant operators and now more than ever with the, the amount of increase of FOSA and DVA that we have roadside now and the amount of regulations that there is, that's never been a better time for people to actually start to avail of services like this because it's only a matter of time before the people who aren't compliant do get stopped roadside. And it's not just a slap on the wrist. This is somebody's livelihood on the line here and it's a business that could potentially be taken away through the fact that they haven't been compliant. And compliance is something that sends people into a bit of a headspin. I know myself with my own business, you know, there's compliance and you know, lots of different areas and mm-hmm. aspects of it. You have to be aware of it and you have to be on the ball with it as well. And don't you? Absolutely. And, and many people sort of, you know, bury their head in the sand. It'll never happen to me. Mm-hmm. But as you said a couple of moments ago with, with checks now on the roadside and, and Brexit and, you know, where we are, where we're, ta- you know, recording this podcast from today, we're right close to the border. Yes. So you're actually only crossing. Only a couple of miles, yeah. Only a couple of miles. So you're crossing into a different jurisdiction, jurisdiction. and a different set of compliance. Yeah. And the regulatory framework is different as well. So a lot of the times people don't know there's differences between traveling north and south of the border, even again from Northern Ireland over into England, there's differences. So again, not everybody in a workplace would know that. So they rely on the sources of information coming from another, another external party, which we would represent them in those regards. We will be your eyes and ears. We will get all of the current legislation. We will improve how we then transform your business to meet those new regulations and those new standards. So you're having 24-7 support 
at your fingertips. You don't have to go and find the information. It automatically appears. When we get updates on our end, we start to work on how our clients are going to need to know about this. What changes is going to happen? How do we then start to say roll out new, new information to our clients? Or how do we then get them compliant with these new regulations? So we're always working in the background, trying to update and trying to make sure we're always current and making sure our clients know exactly what it is. And I've said this before many times on this podcast, you know, if you're a business owner, if you're a, you know, a small business, if you're a family business, Mm -hmm. you might not necessarily have that expertise within your family, within your business currently. And a lot of businesses, and I've been guilty of this in the past, Lynn, you try to do everything yourself Mm -hmm. and you try to, you know, learn all of this stuff. You try to figure it all out and, you know, it just becomes an absolute minefield and it's really important I find personally, and also in business, to have the right expertise around you. You know, if you're not skilled in a particular area, you know, don't spend all that time trying to figure out how it works for yourself. Get the right expertise in. So it strikes me in relation to what you're talking about is you're providing that expert counsel. You're providing that expertise that those companies really need. Yeah. So we work, as we would say, as an integral part of your team, whilst being external and not actually day to day in your office. We are still at the end of a phone. We're always attached in some capacity to the information that's going through and coming out of your business. So we are always there, but we don't have to come and sit in your office to do the work. We become an integral part of your team. And over time, that will then become the norm within your business. Those people within your transport sector will reach out to us whenever that problem arises or should there be a question. They're not sitting going, let's Google this. Let's find out where we find this information. They just go, let's just phone in the transport compliance and I and find out what this is. They get the answer at the end of the phone. They drop me an email. Most clients, we're still we're still quite a small business. So we still have the capacity to have that personal relationship with our clients. So we know them on first name basis and we enjoy having that. And I don't think we'll ever lose that as we grow. We still want to have that personal relationship. So it's having that, you know, that bond with your client as well that they can phone up and say, do you know what, Lynn? I don't know what I'm doing, but I've been trying this and it's not working. Or this driver is giving me a headache. He's telling me he's doing everything right, but I'm looking at his data and it's telling me he's not. What am I doing wrong here? And, you know, or can you explain something to me? And we can go right into the nitty gritty because that's his that's his job and he now needs assistance with how he implements that within his business and we we don't want to lose that we love that part of our job and we love the bonds and the relationships that we form with our clients i think that makes us different as well and sets us set sets us aside from the others yeah absolutely now excuse the pun but switching gears um let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges along the way you know i always like to talk about you know we're, we're all business owners we have our own challenges along the way. We have obstacles. Brexit, I'm sure, was a huge headache for you. Massive headache. Um, I'm sure COVID-19 was a, was another huge headache. We, we all know what that mm-hmm. was like. Um, how have you found, you know, your resilience in those particular situations uh, when it comes to your business? What, what, what's been some of the sort of key points that you've remembered that have really helped you sort of adapt you know, shift gear, uh, look at it slightly different. What are some of the sort of key learning 
uh, aspects that you've had come out of the likes of Brexit, for example, and indeed COVID-19? Brexit, I think, threw everybody through a loop. And I know certainly within my, my age group, we don't remember a time when customs were actually present in transport. It would have been before my time. So this was my first experience going back into having a border with North and Southern Ireland. So that was a, a new learning curve and the, the government brought it in and we had no choice only to adapt. It was a, you know, keep going or, or, or get left behind kind of scenario. They did implement some support systems and where you were able to get some help with how to, how to fulfill your customs requirements. But thankfully, in the jobs that I do, customs isn't a huge part of it. So it was more my customers that was suffering. And again, through that, there was a lots of other support systems like custom clearance and things like that that all came to light to be the saviors in that because a lot of companies just could not get the handle on the amount of paperwork involved. Although it's digital, it's still paperwork, still admin. It caused a lot of problems, a lot of shipment errors, a lot of vehicles and drivers being stranded and couldn't get back in. It was absolutely a nightmare. Thankfully, it seems to have ironed itself out now. And then we only just got over that and we had... COVID-19, which left us with a huge shortage of drivers and a huge amount of man hours necessary to bring in all of the goods. And thankfully, we still had a job whilst a lot of people were at home, unable to work. So the logistics um, industry itself came to, you know, really came to the, the, the forefront of of being a real provider to people. As you said very early on, even just the very food on our shelves when we were experiencing shortages and we were walking around supermarkets and they were empty. We were all looking at each other going, is this the life we're now in? Do we actually have a shortage of food? I remember certain things that we couldn't get and it was like, it was mind blowing. But all of those things that we were getting to our door, even all the Amazon parcels, we were all accustomed to ordering because we had nothing else to do. Sitting in house at night and Amazon deliveries, they all came from transport. And at the time, everybody was appreciating it, but it wasn't, it was short lived. Let me let you in on a little secret um, that I had considered at one point. Um, I had, uh, during COVID, whenever my own business sort of took a little bit of a decline, uh, a lot of the work that I was doing involved face-to-face delivery of training in different parts of the world. All of that stopped pretty much overnight off the back of COVID-19. And I was actually considering going and getting my HGV license. I was actually considering becoming one of the truckers. I didn't do it. But it's still at the back of my mind. It's something that I thought, you know what, I would probably love that job um, because I'm out on the road. I'm getting to meet people. But you know what? You're so right. We don't often think or, you know, stop and reflect on, you know, how lucky we are that we have that transport system, that we have that network, and also that we have those logistic services behind to get what we need to get to. Because we do, you're right, we take it for granted. You know, I go onto Amazon all the time and I order stuff, it just turns up. No, but you don't actually think about all of the different nuts and bolts that go in behind the scenes and getting that from A to B. So we're very lucky that we have such a great team of logistics experts within the field of transport and logistics in Northern Ireland, especially some really great companies, really big commercial companies that have really pulled their weight, especially over the likes of COVID, whenever there was a huge demand for for to get food and supplies and they really did pull their weight and the drivers in particular weren't treated very well and it was very sad for uh, for us 
as part of the industry to see how mistreated they were, even places like the services, denying them access to toilets and facilities and then expecting them to do these runs and be on the road 10, 12 hours a day to deliver all this stuff. You know, so it had its its upside to the public, but the downside was that these drivers paid the price and it was very un, it was very unfair in, re, in the grand scheme of being just just being a person, how people were being treated. So it definitely we're glad to be on the other side of that now. And the driver shortages and the things that we've experienced seem to be ironing themselves out and there doesn't seem to be just as much chaos unfolding within the logistics. And it's nice because it, we've finally got a bit of breathing space that we haven't had now in quite some time. So it's given us all opportunity for growth and to scale and to take and stop and reflect as well what things have went well. What things do we need to go back to the table with and have another chat about? What do we need to do going forward? It, surely we couldn't go back any worse than where we've been. So going forward, I think we've went through a Brexit. We've went through a, a, a two-year pandemic. And now we're in a, in a financial crisis. I don't think there's anything worse could come. I think we've, we've already been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I think we've, we're now in armour plating. I think going forward, if we've tackled that and we've come out the other side, I think we're... We're staying for the long haul. Well, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want to see any more COVID, Brexit type scenarios in my lifetime. I'd be happy if we don't see any of that again, because, you know, you're right. There was so many challenges. There was upheavals in business. Sadly, there were businesses that no longer exist because of they, they just physically couldn't keep it going. You know, they, there were lots of challenges and lots of obstacles to overcome. But I'm delighted that you're still here. I'm still here. And we're, we're trying to make a headway into the positives that hopefully are going to be coming down the tracks for us all. Now, let's talk a little bit about the future. Where do you see the future in your sector? Is it going more? Are we going to go AI autonomous driving vehicles are we are we there is like i'm just i always like to ask people you know in a particular sector or industry where is it going like where where do you see the future of logistics and transport what's coming down the line no doubt and we talked about this briefly at the start technology is playing a huge role we're, we're doing very well in the in the um in the digital world i think there's a lot of companies that have now moved on to that i see very few and far between companies that don't have any form of digital involved already in their business or at the stage where they're now wanting to implement it. So digital has been around for a while. It's doing great things and it's going to continue to get better. AI vehicles. Now that's a thing I think we'd all be petrified of seeing a vehicle coming down the road hurtling at us <laughs> with no driver behind it. I don't think that's in our in our future in the next 10 to 20 years, hopefully not anyway. But I think um, renewable energies is a huge thing at the moment and it's very much a debate within the industry what is the renewable energy source that's going to be used for especially for these huge hgv vehicles we see a lot of ev cars and they're working for the people who use them i've had both mixed responses from people who have had ev some people said look do you know what it was a logistical nightmare i couldn't get from a to b because i was always looking for a charger and got to charge in services at, at stations and they weren't, they weren't available or they, they weren't, weren't they weren't working yeah, or I, yeah or in the winter especially people especially here we're quite rural so if you're out and about and you get caught out in the weather or you get sidetracked and you have to park up for a while and wait in a snowstorm or you get caught out and you haven't prepared for that, you know, we don't have, I, as yeah. I'm often caught 
saying we don't have have chargers in the ditches around South Armagh. Yeah, so yeah. if you're rural, that doesn't necessarily work, it's especially not work. for the cars. So when then you look at the likes of the HTVs or even the LGVs, the vans, the bigger vans, they carry quite a considerable amount of weight. Currently on mileage per gallon, you look at a car, anything less than 20 miles to the gallon, you wouldn't even buy it. You'd want something that's doing 40, 50 plus miles to the gallon. Most HGVs do around six. So if you, you try and compare six miles to the gallon of yeah. fuel with electricity, it's going to go through a lot of, of battery power to be put into an EV truck. And is there EV trucks out there? Is there brands? like I'm, I'm just thinking, I, I don't know a lot about trucks. Scania, for Scania example. Scania have are... city trucks. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there is city trucks. There is smaller ones that are out there, obviously, in pilot schemes to try it out. And if you work in a very sh- sh- small, condensed area, may well do the job for you. But if you look at the, the we would call them trampers, the vehicles that, call, that travel from north to south, the travel from maybe southern Ireland right through to the boat at Rustler and then go across over into Calais and maybe have it have a, um, a shipment that needs to be dispatched throughout somewhere in Europe and they're going to continue on. You look at the logistical nightmare that would cause had that vehicle to stop to be charged and if you even consider the size of the batteries that would be needed in order to hold enough charge for to power that vehicle in the first place. You know, you start looking at it logically, it doesn't make sense as to how we would currently do it. The system for being electric within HGVs isn't quite there, so it's still a work in progress. I think my mindset is very much on the hydrogen. I think hydrogen engines is where we're going to end up. And I think there's a huge demand for research in the hydrogen field at the moment. There's, I know there's companies out there that are trying to get the storage facilities for hydrogen in order to make sure that it's accessible. Transporting it is the problem. It's highly combustible. It's quite dangerous. How do we control it? And how do we, you know, get it between A to B in a safe manner? And then where are we going to store it to make sure it's accessible? So there's lots of challenges going on within the logistics world at the moment as to try to find that renewable energy source. What is it going to be? What does our future look like? And we're not we're 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 not there yet, so we don't know. It's could all change. In another ten years down the line, we could look back at this podcast and think, what the yeah. hell are we talking about? Electric vehicles and hydrogen? We're not even doing that now. It's something completely different. So we're we're still on diesel engines at the moment. Most of my clients are staying that way. They have maybe moved their cars, work cars or smaller vans to EV in order to try and progress on their sustainability journey in order to try and start their renewable energy sources within their business. But the HGVs will always be the last because we just can't. We can't remove something that works until we have something that's going to adequately provide an energy source to those vehicles and make sure they can continue all of those journeys. Like those vehicles, you know, do hundreds and hundreds of miles per day and they can stop at a filling station anywhere, top off and away they go again. So we're, we're, we're not quite there, but yes, AI vehicles driving themselves scary thought yeah it, it is and it's always interesting when we're having these conversations to talk a little bit about the developments in a particular industry or sector and really try to think about you know what's what futuristic development could be a game changer but as you said a couple of moments ago it's the very very early days in relation to the the how, how you actually do this and how you make it achievable but let's shine the spotlight in before we wrap up today on your own business and the technology advancements that that you're looking at, because I'd imagine while 
Whilst out on the road, we're still going to rely on our diesel truck to go up and down and deliver our goods and our services and whatever we need. But within the mechanics of the day-to-day operations of your own business, technology playing a huge role, an increasing role. And what are some of the developments and the enhancements that you're exploring to help make what you do, I suppose, a little bit more efficient, uh, a little bit more digital focused? Are there anything that you're, you're exploring at the moment? Um, Yes, so we have been over the last year really involved with a lot of software progression. We really want to be self-sufficient in that regard and we have found obstacles along the way with software options that we've been using just not quite meeting the standards and the, the scope and scale of the business that we would like to be at. So we are currently undertaking, I suppose, a development stage within our own business to try and progress and try and make sure we are at the forefront of of business and we want to make sure that our scalability is there making sure we always have that process in place that can we can cope with as we grow we don't want to grow and then not be able to cope so software will play a huge part especially in the regards to the fact that we won't be in people's premises so we want to be able to be an integral part but stay remote and to do that we have to have the resources so digital um software and other apps and dashboards and you know yourself and there's lots out there lots of different things that need to link together and need to really play a vital role in order to get that data sources correct and make sure they're all coming back here to the company so we can then manage them so data collection and software is a huge part of our business and we are very much in the next 12 months hopefully going to develop even further we don't see ourselves being where we are or where we want to be just at the moment and we would like to see another 12 months down the line where we'll be hopefully we'll be developing some more software fantastic it's always good to hear the developments that companies and businesses are making in that particular space because you know you're right the software presents a huge opportunity but it's got it's got to be right it's got to be the right solution it's got to work and one of the big things within my own business is automation you know trying to find ways that i can automate a lot of the processes without taking the human aspect out of it completely because that's really important and as we you know, had our conversation today, and you know, one of the things that really struck me about you is you're very people focused. You know, it is about relationships and it's about developing the relationships with the company or the organization that you work for. And you never want the software to really replace that. No, we don't. And I don't see even as we grow in scale, I don't think that's going to be our business. I think as being the, the, the sole founder and owner, that's my main primary goal is to be big enough to help, but small enough still to care. And the fact that I have that sort of inbuilt mechanism where I know what it's like to be on the other side of this business. I know what it's like to be in a family. We go home at night and talk trucks. We talk <laughs> trucks. It's 24-7. You can't get away from can't it. can't get away from trucks. So even though I have a business and I help other people and I do quite a, quite a lot of public inquiry, quite a lot of legal stuff and quite a lot of representation for people who get themselves into unfortunate situations where their operator licenses are actually in a state where they may well be revoked and there's quite a lot of intensity around that it's there you know there's quite a lot goes on within our business but we still have a family business too and we still go home at night and we suffer 
the same challenges everybody else does. We still have the driver shortages when that happened. We still had the increase in fuel when that went. We still had yeah. the COVID-19 not being able to access the, the places we needed to go to. Yeah. We still had the fear, especially my father, as he still owns and operates his own vehicle. And like, during the pandemic in particular, he was absolutely terrified to go out. He was he didn't want to catch COVID-19 he had some underlying health conditions that he was concerned about and it to him he was not allowed any funding because the logistics sector was not was classed as essential work we were not put on furlough and we were not allowed to stay at home and get aid so he had to go to work even in fear so we have experienced all of these things that everybody else in the country has as well so our company here is not just to tell everybody what you should be doing we're saying we live this we are actually part of the transport industry from the ground up. So we know what you're what you're dealing with. We know how it feels. And I think that compassion and that understanding is not something you can learn from a book. It's not something you just walk into as a career. It's something that's been instilled in me from a very young age. And I think a lot of times my customers really get that. And that's a huge benefit because they say, well, sure, you know, you know, that's the usual phrase, but sure, you know. And, you know, this is this and this is this and that's that. But you know this anyway. And a lot of people don't get that. And I think you have to have that personable relationship with your clients and knowing how it feels to be on the other side gives me a perspective of I'm putting myself in my customer's shoes. And I think it's important just on that note to say a huge thank you to people like your dad who, who made that sacrifice, you know, during those really difficult times for people to make sure the goods, food, essential medical items and all sorts of stuff were, were delivered to people because, you know, there's no doubt people put themselves in harm's way to get out there and, and keep keep the network opened and keep those um, really important items that we all relied on heavily um, flowing through uh, our shops. Uh, and indeed through our, our health service as well. Now, before we finish up, I want to sort of pick your brains on three key takeaways. Anybody listening into this podcast today who's considering maybe starting a business, we have a lot of people who are in jobs who listen into this podcast, maybe considering making a switch into the HGV space, you know, becoming a HGV driver, maybe getting that license, you know, something that I explored during COVID-19. What are some of the sort of two to three key points, let's say one for a business potentially in relation to if you're going through a challenging time or a difficult time at the moment, how to keep moving, or indeed somebody who maybe is considering a, a different career path and maybe moving into the transport and logistics sector so we always are on the outlook for, for for potential drivers and potential people to come in and join us the industry is very welcoming we are always always in need so there's always going to be a job people who have hgv licenses are always highly sought after especially if you can actually drive you know that does help so if you're a good driver you'll never be out of work and it's a it's a career path that many people have have done from an early age and have stayed in throughout their lives. Many people as well, like yourself, even myself included, have other daytime jobs but still have a license and still can jump into a truck and drive should you need to. Should that that day come where your job maybe just isn't able to to, to work like you had done like like COVID nineteen. For instance, your work yeah, is dried up example. overnight. Yeah, totally. You have an, a secondary income available yeah. at all times. It's always an option. You could do weekends. You could do evenings. It's a flexible career path for anybody. And it's one that if you like 
the industry you like trucks there's a there's a lifestyle around it as well so we have the truck shows and we have you know we have a big following around that and if you follow me online on my socials and on linkedin you'll see that i refer back to it being a lifestyle quite often and i display pictures of a side of tr truck shows with the vehicles that have been all polished and neatly presented and they've all the lights on and all the bars and everybody enjoys it so it's not just uh, a job some people like it because of it fact that it's a lifestyle and they enjoy the vehicles as well and if you are thinking of a career in hgv feel free to reach out we do training here as well we do the hgv licenses and we do all of the other necessary parts so if you're thinking about it and you just want to learn a bit more give us a buzz or reach out we're happy to help and we'll give you all the guidance that we can in order to get you up and going and trucking as they say Get you trucking now before we finish off lynn it's been a fantastic conversation and you mentioned a few key things uh, just a couple of moments ago. How can people find out a little bit more information about your business, what you do, if anybody wants to follow up, get in touch with you, connect, what's the best way to do it? Best way is always to give us a phone. We're happy to have a conversation. We're happy for you to call in here to the office. We're based over at MJM Marine over in the Caribbean Industrial Estate in Newry. And we're always happy for someone to call in, have a coffee with us. We'll have a chat or you can reach out on the phone. If you want to follow along and see maybe more about what we do or get an understanding of who we are, we have quite a big social presence. We're on all of the normal stuff. We're on Facebook, Instagram, we're on Twitter. We have a website at transportcompliance.ni.com. On there, you'll be able to find a full list of all the, the services that we offer and the training that we provide. And all of our contact details are also available on all of those things too. And of course, you're on LinkedIn. So if people want to connect with you on LinkedIn, you're always happy for people to send you a personalised invite over there and connect on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And uh, especially the LinkedIn society that we have, the network, and it's great to see other people join in and you always know somebody that knows somebody. And it's yeah. great. It's a great place to be. So LinkedIn, yes, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. And if you connect with me there, more than happy to have a chat, more than happy to make arrangements for to meet up or find out more about what you do. Fantastic. Look, Lynn, it has been a fantastic conversation today. I'm delighted to have you on this episode of the podcast. And again, if you do want to find out any more information about Lynn and Transport Compliance NI, please do stop by the website, check it out. Um, I can vouch that Lynn is very approachable and always up for having a conversation, particularly if it's about trucks. Absolutely. It has to be about trucks. And you never know, you might see me on the road someday driving a big HGV. I may well do. may well see you here before long <laughs> in the front seat of a learning vehicle and we'll take you out in the road, show you the ropes. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.